Welcome to Cauldron of Worlds. Episode 6, Monetary Systems. Well, hello and welcome again to Cauldron of Worlds. I'm Chad Corey. And in this episode, like in all the previous ones we've been doing thus far, we're looking at a more of a macro to micro approach to world building. So I would encourage you, if you haven't uh, been listening to the podcast thus far and we haven't covered a topic you are interested in yet, it might be already covered previously because we've kind of gone, like I said, from a larger macro approach working our way down to a smaller and smaller aspect of world building. Although I might in the future here, depends on how stuff goes with the series, kind of switch some things around, insert some different topics that might not necessarily continue the larger to smaller progression of world building just for some variety or things come up that I think might be of interest or benefit to people who are listening. And let me take a quick deviation here. I'll try to make it as quick as possible. I want to make you aware that Return of the Wizard King, the first book in the Wizard King trilogy, is available for pre-order and will be coming out into a store near you or online or I guess all over the world, uh, September 15th, 2020. It will be also available in an audio and a digital format if you're interested in that. And as I said earlier, it is also available internationally, at least for the English-speaking countries, Canada, UK, Commonwealth there, things of that nature. And it is also available, of course, online in any country where you have access to take advantage of um, the various systems you can plug into and purchase books that way. So why don't you make why don't you make aware of that? And if you are in the States or will be in the States during the months of September and October, I will be having a book tour, which I'd encourage you to take a look at if you wanted to kind of get a little bit more information about where I'll be and what I'll be doing. That's on my website, chadcorey.com. There should be a direct link either from the uh, slider information or you can just find it in the menu bar there and click the information there. I will be doing some virtual options as well. So if you're not in the general vicinity or if you're not in the country and still want to be kind of informed or kind of connect with me on that level if you're interested in doing so, you can still do so. Again, chadcorey.com, and the book is available, like I said, the 15th of September. All right, so I appreciate your patience on that, my little plug there. Let's transition now into this particular episode topic, which would be monetary systems. And for some people, it might not be a common thought process to incorporate into the world building early on, but it has a lot of fun elements and aspects to it that can contribute a great deal to the overall narrative of your world and give you a lot of other ideas for story and future development as well. And what do I mean by that? Well, let's break it down basically into the most basic components. Monetary systems are obviously used for means of exchanging of goods or services for an agreed upon either goods or service or some type of material that has some agreed upon value. That could be coinage, it could be bartering, it could be goods in kind, it could be, you know, I'll plow your field if you'll help me, you know, grow my beets or whatever. So there's there's a mutual concept of fair exchange between the two parties or multiple parties involved for an equal amount of, of product or, you know, like I said previously, precious metals or whatever you're using for your currency system. And we're not really going to delve too much into the topic of the various components of types of monetary systems as far as, you know, bartering versus a precious metal exchange versus services in kind, because that, again, will really depend on your world setting. And it actually kind of gets very nebulous because there's a lot of different ways you can go on that 
And as I mentioned in previous episodes, I'm not unfortunately really in the position to get super nebulous on all these topics because, again, I don't want to run the risk of running off into a rabbit trail where it's not going to be the most benefit for the most people listening. And I also don't really know what you are looking for specifically for your world setting. So I, but I can keep things more generic and more focused, which I'm trying to do with these episodes, and give you the basic information you need to use that for whatever you want to incorporate into your world setting. And as we said before, this works for any type of setting, whether it's more real-world, fantasy-based, sci-fi, role-playing-based, games, whatever. This is kind of a common component in in world systems and has, like I said, a lot of fun narrative and uh, historical elements you can kind of put in there as well for the story just by using uh, the coins or monetary system you set up. And primarily I'm going to be focusing on the coinage system because that is the safest way to address the monetary system in most societies and most settings because that's kind of number one what we're familiar with as a people And it's kind of what has been most popular throughout the history of humanity. We've always had some type of coinage or or monetary system based on precious metals or commodities that we've exchanged for the brunt of of human history, for the majority of the, the cultures on the planet. And one of the first things that we want to talk about is what type of precious materials are these coins made out of? And are they made out of gems, or could we actually be having like little gems cut in different designs? Are we talking about actual precious metals that we're familiar with, like gold, silver, copper? Maybe there's a difference of the metal based on its scarcity or perceived value, where, oddly enough, it could be aluminum could be worth more money, or iron, or steel, or things that are harder to produce, or seen more as a novelty or a rarity. Because believe it or not, back in, oh, not that far long ago, in the 1700s, 1800s, in France, aluminum was considered the most, like, more precious than gold. And kings would actually give it away as a, as a gift to their, their visitors at a dinner that have silverware made up and, under uh, aluminum. And they give that away as a very highly sought-after item because it was so hard to, and so rare to produce aluminum, it was considered a very rare and, and precious commodity. Of course, now, in our modern world, we just really take it for granted. It's available so readily and used so readily in so many things that it just, it's not really really given much thought to. It's like kind of almost like a junk metal in some people's minds. We even recycle it and throw it away. But so that's an example of what, what could be a different concept in your world. Maybe bone is a very interesting component for some reason, or ivory, or like I said, steel. Maybe it's very hard to come by. The components of it aren't there anymore. Or iron is a very uh, unique quantity. Maybe gold is so common that it doesn't really matter as much, and so copper is a rarity, and that it reverses the perceived value of the metal, or maybe platinum is better. So you, you get the idea. So maybe you know, take some time, play around with that, see what makes the most sense. And that's where the historical and narrative elements come in, or begin to come in, to the concept of monetary systems. You have all these various cultures and things that you're establishing, various materials and things that might be readily available on the planet or solar system, whatever you're developing for your world. And that will begin to tell the history of the cultures you create, the races and things you put in there, and the nations and civilizations that develop. Because obviously what they value, they're going to try and find and seek out, mine, make deals for, war over, protect, and the various other things that we do for what we perceive as precious and important commodities in our societies and our planets. So that is something right there, like I said, you can start developing into 
an important element in your stories and in your world setting just based upon what the currency is based off of this raw material. And then, of course, how it's processed. If you have a controlled element, which most societies would want to do, not only qualifying the quantity or the quality, excuse me, of the material, but also protecting its production and verifying that it's official, you're going to have to see and probably want to have the development of some centralized locations where coinage or the items you're making into exchange are produced. So that's another aspect of playing into the history. How did that come about and who controls that? And obviously, if those people control that element of the production, they would probably be in a very good position to have some influence, have some uh, like monetary benefits as well, probably be pretty well off in an, an established position where they have a lot of influence and control over the development of the, the society in general, the planet itself. So again, those are elements that play into the narrative aspect and uh, development of any world setting. And I encourage you to stop and think about that more. How did that come about? And maybe there's some challenges to that. Maybe there's some rival elements in that. There's trying to be multiple places now that are trying to develop their own currency or trying to increase the production and take over the control. I mean, there's a lot of fun things you can put in there and just kind of add as a little subtext or even the overall story of your world setting. And again, it comes from something as simple as a monetary system. But once you figured out the basic components of your monetary system, whatever the raw materials are, it's good to figure out an exchange rate. And again, this can vary based upon culture, time period, all sorts of stuff that we're not going to get into in this podcast because it is just so nebulous, as I said before. And I really don't know the specifics of what you want to accomplish or trying to do with your world. But just looking in the real world in general, the exchange rates for materials, precious metals and things have gone up and down considerably. There's a long history, even if you just look at an example of the Roman Empire throughout its a multi-millennial reign there, if you count the, the former Eastern and Western blocks together, their whole timeline, it, it fluctuated dramatically. And there are periods of time where it was worth almost nothing, and there's periods of time when it had some good value to it. So it does go up, it does go down, and it really depends on, the, like I said, the quality and the production rate and all that stuff. And of course, wars and other things can take their toll. A whole lot of societal things can go into that as well, which can alter the value and perceived value of the coinage. So again, take into consideration what happened in the real world, incorporate that into your coinage. But in general, what's easier to run with, and I would recommend, again, you don't have to take my word as gospel here, but what I would recommend is try to keep it within three coins in general, maybe no more than five, because the exchange rate should be relatively easy for people to understand. And probably just have one coin for one type of material. I know it might be kind of fun to have two different types of gold coins or three different types of silver coins, and you can certainly still do that. Just that sometimes it's easier to kind of keep the material and the name of the coin and the purpose of the coin singular in nature. It helps the reader and the person experiencing your world setting better understand to and relate in your world setting. And it's just easier for you in general to keep track of things, putting things together, and it makes for a little bit easier exchange rate. Again, you can make it more complex, more interesting, however you want to do it, but my experience has been usually three Three coins, no more than five coins, is, is pretty much a safe bet to go as far as incorporating a basic exchange rate for the coins. And usually what I do in my worlds, again, this could change as I did do more things in the future, but what I have found works really well is you just have a gold coin, a silver coin, and a copper coin. Mine are kind of more generic in the sense of the, the universal 
medals and the universal appreciation for them, I guess, as far as the historical record goes with uh, fantasy world settings in general. But again, you can use whatever you want. But what I typically do is I have like the gold, the silver, and the, the copper, and then I set up an exchange rate between them. You know, so many gold coins equals so many silver coins, so many silver coins equals so many copper, and then you know, the, reverse engineer that so you have the copper, so many copper coins equal gold, so many copper equals silver, and so on and so forth. It's basically make a little chart. Not real hard to do. I would encourage you to try and find a system that is easy to incorporate. Usually that would involve having multiples of five or two or ten, just easy numbers that people can do in their head. You can do in your head without pulling out the calculator and trying to figure out how things fluctuate between them. I mean, multiples of three could work, but it just, it just gets a little bit more challenging. I mean, multiples of odd numbers are, again, you can still do it. It's just a little, it's not always as easy for most people to do, kind of do it off the cuff and figure out what stuff is worth. Typically, like I said, I just do the, the silver, I mean, the gold, silver, and copper, and that's the extent of the coinage. But again, you can do, like I said, whatever you want to do and make it as large as you want. Although I recommend, as I said, keeping it between three to five at the most. Now, the further fun stuff comes into play where you can start adding some fun historical and even cultural elements to the coinage is what are you going to put on the front of the coin and what are you going to put on the back? And this is fun because you can start telling a story just with the coinage because what, what if you say the king or queen, whatever, always likes to have their face right on the front of the coin? And so every ruler has had that privilege now for the past couple hundred years. So now you can start telling a history just with coins. Maybe in your story or in your game or whatever you're doing, someone comes across some coins and it just happens to have the figure of a ruler that existed, you know, 300 years ago. And just by having that coin, you can tell a little mini story just with that introduction to the story. It's kind of a fun little thing with just with the coinage. And also you can always have some fun with that too if you want to get more specific is that maybe the coinage back in that day was a little bit pure gold or a little bit pure silver. So you're always looking for certain kings or queens' images on coins because, you know, that's more valuable. The modern stuff, so to speak, maybe isn't as high quality. So that's kind of fun little elements you can add in there as well. You can also have fun things where you can tell histories of wars, of battles, of kingdoms, share different emblems of kingdoms and nations and things, maybe some things that haven't existed for you know, thousands of years, and you find these coins in a in a pit somewhere, and, that, and that's a whole other story just like that. How do these coins get here? Because these coins are obviously thousands of years old. What brought them here? How they, you know, what's the purpose of them? So again, this the fun little simple element of finding a coin can open up a whole arena into story as far as the development and production of the backstory drops and things. You don't have to, you know, work so hard to do. It's a subtle little aspect of making stories. It's a great way for role-playing games to incorporate uh, you know, little mini mysteries, you know, how did this get here? Where is it from? It's, it's a fun, like I said, narrative device you can use, a very simple way. And it adds believability to the coinage system even more because we all know coins have a history. We all know coins have images. And it's fun to have them be, play more of a real world or believable aspect in your world setting with people who are either reading it or playing it or whatever. And of course, what can you put on there? Like I said, you can put crests on there. You can put mythological creatures. You can put supposed victories over certain wars, certain individuals. I mean, maybe there's different, like a theocratic city that really gets into the religion. And so you could have all the gods in different coins. You could have certain individuals in different coins. You could have certain, uh, just anything and everything you can think of can go onto a coin. Maybe you have coins that change over between uh, a commemorative coin. So this celebrates, you know, the 150th year of the kingdom, or this celebrates 
the 10th anniversary of the king's reign, or you know, just, just special things like that which could have a fun historical and unique aspect could be incorporated into the coinage. And again, it's a very subtle thing, but it's a fun way to plan some history and tie things together, which continues, like I keep saying, to make your world setting more believable. So I think we'll wrap up the idea with coins for now and move into something else we don't often hear about in world building, at least I haven't for a long time, is bars. Bars are a type of currency usually reserved for transporting large quantities of coins. Uh, it's an easy way. You, we think of them as bricks, you can call them, or, or bars, whatever. Think of gold bars like Fort Knox and things like that, but it's an easy way to transport a lot of gold or silver or whatever the precious, precious material is without having all these loose coins involved. And so that's another thing you might want to take into consideration. How do you incorporate that? And what is that? How big are these bars or bricks? How much do they weigh? How much do they incorporate as far as coins go into each bar? So you get kind of a rough exchange rate that you can understand and incorporate into your interaction with the story and people involved with it. So again, those are some fun things to take into consideration. And you can decorate those however you want. Are they plain? Usually I'd recommend probably having a stamp of some kind sharing where they came from, but you don't have to. You know, maybe that, again, taking into consideration where are these minted, where are these combined. You could have an imperial mark on them. You could have, again, that theocratic city. Maybe it's for a temple, so they're stamped with the temple seal or the crest of their god. A whole lot of ideas you can incorporate there. I don't know if you really want to put a date on there. I don't think most bars are dated. You just usually have some type of signifying mark. But, you know, you can certainly get really creative with it, too. Maybe you want to have them poured into a mold, and so now they come out looking very unique and maybe an emblem of a dragon on it, or maybe they're shaped a certain way so they look like a, a big fish or a whale or something. You, know, you can get really creative with them depending upon the society and the culture that's producing them, but in general, they're a handy way, especially for merchants and large transactions between governments and nations and things, to transport and interact with larger deals between them. Usually what I do, again, I keep my things kind of specific so far, is I have a larger and a, a shorter or a larger and a smaller block or brick that I incorporate into the world settings I produce. You know, one is more more a commodity used for like common day merchant trades and goods and things like that. And a larger one I've been usually reserving for larger international type of trade between nations and things like that because they usually are heavier and they incorporate more coin worth. And so most merchants don't often have access to that. And so that's usually reserved more for the nations or really, really wealthy powerful people who are trading and interacting with other really wealthy or powerful individuals. And of course, another form of exchange is the paper currency, which again can vary based upon what you're trying to establish or do for your world setting. But in general, it is agreed upon concept that paper is supposedly going to be worth what we say it is. And that usually entails it's printed on there somewhere that it's, you know, this paper can guarantee you X amount of silver or X amount of gold or whatever. And that usually is has been incorporated to obviously make exchange and, and purchasing of goods much easier. It's a lot easier to carry pieces of paper in your pocket, like lighter too, than coins and things like that. And that might be something you might want to incorporate into your world setting some way, shape, or form. It can be a different way of controlling the monetary supply. Obviously, you have to do some research on the fiat system versus the uh, gold standard, so to speak, of what is the currency actually based on. If it's just being printed up and there is no agreed upon amount, which you can exchange it for, it's always in flux. 
then that might be another fun element or aspect to your story or, or narrative uh, progression, if you will, throughout the concept of your world setting. You can incorporate and expand and grow. But in general, paper currency isn't isn't that common until more like modern societies as we know them. And it, again, it's usually tied to a common agreed upon form of value or worth. But it can be a fun way for merchants to start getting into as well in your world setting. Instead of using bricks and uh, blocks of gold and other precious metals, instead, you know, it's a lot easier again to ship out. Here's a piece of paper that says this is good for, you know, five thousand gold bars, and then it's a lot easier to carry that than just five thousand gold bars. A whole lot easier logistically and travel-wise and expenses and all that fun stuff. So again, that would entail usually paper money would entail some type of a banking system or some type of centralized form of exchange because obviously you're going to have to have a means to go in and cash the money at some point in time for actual hard currency or have a means to pass it on and uh, progress it throughout the, the supply chain, as it were, in a logical and uh, consistent and helpful fashion. And when it comes to paper money, you have a whole lot of options, as you can tell just in our own real world. You can do famous figures, you can do mythological creatures, you can do a whole lot of other things that get printed on it, drawn up on it, produced on it. I mean, there's a lot of various things you can incorporate, and you can even incorporate writing on there, of course, more so than you could in coinage. So there could be a lot of things that you could even tell little mini stories on there. You can incorporate all great concepts for use in a world-building system. And again, I'm not going to get into the real deep nitty-gritty aspects of it, but just some, th- you know, food for thought right now. If you want to incorporate that into your world system, it'd be a fun way to tell stories as well in a unique way because not every fantasy world has paper money. And paper money could be, again, a broad term. Maybe it's something that is unique where it's threads of gold actually th- threaded into the paper or silver or copper, whatever it might be. Or maybe it's actually kind of a creepy concept, but maybe it's a special form of leather made from certain animals or things that is hard to come by or only grown or raised in certain areas that are controlled by this community. And so you know it's legitimate then because that's a way to uh, stop counterfeiting. Maybe the ink is a special type of ink that's used on it that's produced and manufactured and controlled by certain groups to maintain the authenticity of the items. So again, those are some things you can incorporate and play around with. And again, who controls those things? And then has a great degree of power and control over the monetary system and probably many other people as well. And then, of course, there's a whole other element that we don't really talk about too much on the fantasy side, but this is really common in the sci-fi or near-future settings, is a cashless society or a society that doesn't have any type of exchange. It's just decimos on a computer screen. And that's another way. You see that now with modern... Uh, cryptocurrency and things like that. It's an, Again, it still has to be an agreed-upon amount of, of value to the item, but it's something that doesn't really exist in our physical world. It exists primarily in the mind of the individual who is interacting with it. And that's a whole other realm of looking at currency and monetary systems as well. The negative side of that, of course, is we don't really have the elements that we talked about previously, allowing us the narrative inputs for you know, the stories of the rulers or kings or nations or timestamps and different elements of the, the story's history for the world setting and, and so on and so forth. Because usually if it's a digital or even a cashless society, there is nothing to, to look at. It's just a, a keystroke or something on a card you swipe or a chip on the, the body, the scan or whatever. It's not really anything of, of incredible note other than, like I said, a decimal amount that people are ascribed to or take advantage of. 
And because of that, I'm unfortunately not going to be able to give a whole lot of more information on that aspect of monetary systems because, again, it's there's just not a lot hold to it outside of you know something that people agree upon in exist in cyberspace. So again, you can take that for what you want to do for your world study, incorporate that however you want to if that's somewhere you want to go in the future. One thing I'm going to wrap up today's episode with is talking about doing a hybrid system. When we talked previously about having coinage, we talked about having paper money, we talked about having bars, even talked about having uh, gems and other precious items that can be mixed into there as well. One element that you might want to consider makes it even more unique is having a combination of systems. For example, we still use coins for the most part and paper money, although we're transitioning in different ways outside of that. But you could certainly have that in a society or in a world setting as well. You could have coins sitting side by side with uh, paper money. You could also have coins side by side maybe with just chunks of raw uh, material, whether it's coal or some weird things like precious gems and things like that. So again, play around with what you think works well, and maybe some societies and cultures have gone through different cycles with that as well, and so that's allowed them to develop and change their overall look on the concept of money and what is considered valuable, and that also contribute to a narrative structure that you could use for stories and things as well. So again, hopefully this is of a benefit to you, gave you some food for thought at least. You're obviously going to have to do a little bit more research on your own and see what what works well for you. It might not be a bad idea to just go to the library, go online, and start looking at some old coins or ancient coinage, even ancient coinage systems or, or, or monetary systems, and see where it works well or could be adopted and altered for your benefit and your world's benefit. So that's where we're going to end it for now. Thank you again for listening, and we'll see you next episode. This podcast is copyright Chad Corey. All rights reserved.